located at 547 East Circle Drive in East Lansing, Michigan, nestled on the north end of Michigan State University's ivy-covered campus and overlooking the busy Grand River Avenue, stands the Eli and Edith Broad Art Museum. Better known as just the Broad, the Contemporary Art Museum doesn't exactly fit in with the rest of the college campus. It's easily identifiable, both from Circle Drive and Grand River Avenue, largely because it's so unlike anything else in the general region, area, heck, even the state and the nation. But it's the innovative design that makes it so unique and such a sought-after spot on campus, both among students and members of the general public. It was designed by the late world-renowned architect Zaha Hadid, who earned a reputation throughout her career for designing the unbuildable. And suffice to say that the Broad was not without its construction challenges, so much so that the State News, Michigan State's student newspaper, reported that many contractors were afraid to even bid on it. It's worth noting that 2022 marks the 10-year anniversary since the Broad opened its doors, and Michigan State is planning various events and celebrations throughout the year to mark the milestone. Utilizing goats to clear vegetation on a steep hillside to save on manpower and ensure safety. We've done that. Watching a world-renowned architect crumble up a piece of paper and tell you that's how they want their building to be designed. We've been there too. Ever envision a bricklaying robot or material lift unit assisting laborers with the building? No, it's not something out of the Terminator. We've done that on our projects. Every project has a great story. With over 2,000 team members and more than 97 years of experience in the construction industry, we at Barton Mallow have more than a few to tell that don't fit the usual industry coverage. I'm Eric Fish. And I'm Rob Riley. And we're both Barton Mallow team members and the hosts of this podcast. We're going to be bringing you the untold stories from the job site, the weird, the wild, and the unconventional paths to success. It's construction, but it's said differently. Welcome back to Said Differently. In this episode, we're going to cover the design and construction of the Broad Art Museum. So let's start by focusing a bit more on the design and how this project was conceived. Our first guest is Dan Bullman, the Vice President for Strategic Infrastructure Planning and Facilities at Michigan State University. Dan, can you start by just talking about how this building came to be? Sure. You know, it, it was really interesting how this building came about because, you know, back in 2007 when we started thinking about it, a new art museum was not even on our radar as far as needs for the institution at the time. Uh, but we had a benefactor named Eli Broad who had given money in the past to um, our our college of business, and he was always interested in art. And so our president approached him about maybe providing funds to upgrade our Kresge Art Museum. Now, that's kind of like your your typical university art museum with a with a large historical collection, but nothing really that stands out. And he basically politely declined and said, no, nah, thanks. That's not really the vision I'm looking for. Uh, but there's a lot of things you could do with a new building. And if you're interested in that, you know, come back and talk to me. So that kind of got the dialogue going um, to a point where um, our president thought about it and said, well, let's kind of pitch a new building. And one of the things that was that Broad was really interested in is something that not only could transform our campus, but also the community around it. I know that there was a pretty thorough vetting process to settle on an architect, and eventually that architect was Zaha Hadid. Um, just what was your initial reaction when you saw some of the first concepts from, from Hadid? Sure, and, and I can say the process was very interesting and very new to us. To our, I should say the process was very interesting and new to the planners at Michigan State, myself included, because um, 
we were used to working locally and coming up with very traditional type projects for campus. And with Mr. Broad involved, we were all of a sudden thrust on the world stage. And his criteria was, you know, an international award-winning architect, a design that really stood out and was nothing like we would have ever seen on campus. Um, So with that as the criteria, we came up with a competition where we, you know, vetted a whole bunch of architects and, and reduced the list to about five. And what came out of that was five of the most unique and creative solutions I've ever seen for an art museum. I mean, they were they were just off the wall as far as, you know, one looked like a whale and one looked like a, it was floating in the trees. And um, the Zaha um, project really stuck out, the model, um, because it looked like a spaceship that kind of just landed on our campus. It was shimmering. It was angular. Uh, it was just something very intriguing um, when I saw that. And my first thoughts were, wow, that's really cool. I don't know how the heck you would ever build something like that. <laughs> right. And, and the, another interesting part was um, the, the selection. Um, Mr. Broad insisted that it be a, a, a board. We put together a board um, to select the architect from a wide range of industry professionals. So we had folks like Michael Govan, who was the CEO of the Los Angeles County Art Museum, uh, uh, Mr. Chan, who was um, on Frank Gehry's staff and was working on the Guggenheim in Bilbao, uh, Spain. Wow. Um, a Richard Koshalik, who was another um, well-known art museum director in New York. So there was a lot of really kind of heady people there helping us go through that selection. And they talked a lot about the art characteristics and things, you know, that, that made truly um, great architecture and great art. Um, at the same time, a lot of our staff, and really our, our board of trustees wasn't involved, but a lot of our staff, we kind of brought the practical aspect in and said, okay, how's it going to fit on our campus? How would we maintain this? How do we build it? That kind of thing. But at the end of the day, it was really how do we make a um, sort of a, a stunning statement for our campus that will um, will be practical, but will also you know serve the art community for years to come. Was it Mr. Brode who made, I guess, the final call on the uh, design? So that was interesting. Clifton Wharton was a past president, and his wife was actually on the panel as well. So we had all these panelists. Uh, we, we kind of filed into a room and then several staff. Um, and there was a, just a long debate about the pros and cons of each one. Uh, actually, Mr. Brode initially suggested a different firm, and more, date, more debate ensued. And at the end of the day, they reached consensus on... Uh, on the um, Zaha selection. And I should say, yeah, part of the vetting process, we not only went to their office in London, but we went um, throughout Europe and toured some of Zaha's work. So we were in we were in Spain and Italy and Germany. I call it the great European road trip, but we, <laughs> we kind of um, jet hopped from one site to another to look at some of her buildings. One was a, a new auto um, manufacturing plant that she had built. Another one was a, a bridge pavilion over a... Uh, over a river in Spain, uh, a lot of different types of architecture, just so we could kind of feel, get a feel for what some of her work was. So how did students and other visitors react once they visited the structure? You know, it was really cool to just sit back and watch people because, you know, you saw a lot of wide eyes. Um, people really weren't sure how to interact with the structure uh, or, or the galleries inside. It was just so different than what we typically see here in the Midwest. So um, people were excited. You got a lot of weird descriptions. You know, it looks like a spaceship. It looks like a Mercedes. It looks completely out of 
place? You know, why did they put it here? Um, but at the end of the day, there was also a lot of people who embraced it, that it was something really interesting for our campus um, that we'd never had before. I know the museum has quickly became become a campus icon. So you think about the Sparty statue and Beaumont Tower and maybe Spartan Stadium. Now the Broad Art Museum is right there on that list. So they do walk a lot of uh, pros- prospective students by there, and they talk about how this is um, another example how of how MSU is not only a huge national um, institution, but it's really on the world stage when it comes to art and things like that. The Broad piqued the interest of Hollywood, serving as a set piece in 2016's Batman versus Superman film. Just curious if you can discuss how that came to be and what role you played, I guess, if any, in making it happen. I got a call from our president one day, and she said, hey, I just approved um, the use of the art museum for a Batman movie. I need you to go over there and make sure they don't screw up our building. So um, <laughs> that, 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 that was the call you know, from her to kind of get engaged. Anything else that you can think of, I guess, about this project or, or Bart Mill in general? Yeah, I really wanted to work that into the conversation to tell you the truth. So, I mean, one of the great things with working with Barton Mallow is their ability to collaborate with us as owners, work with the various subcontractors and work with the architects to really pull together and create a a strong team that can deliver projects. And Barton Mallow has been doing that for us on our campus for many, many years. And the Burroughed Art Museum is just a shining example of how they were able to take a very, very tough project and build the team that was necessary to make it happen. Again, Dan, hey, we really appreciate your time. We know you're busy. And so thanks again for jumping on with us and, and you know, talking about the Broad Art Museum. Yeah, enjoyed it. For the record, I think the official position of said differently for best Batman is either Christian Bale or Michael Keaton. Anyway, back to building the Broad. Zaha Hadid Architects won the design competition that Michigan State held. And fitting to its reputation for building the unbuildable, the Broad certainly pushed architectural boundaries and challenged conventional construction practices. Characterized by slope steel and concrete with a pleated metal and glass exterior, construction of the museum was far from typical. To talk a bit more about navigating the complicated design and construction of the Broad, let's bring in Craig Kiner from Zaha Hadid Architects and Barton Mallow Project Executive Kara Martini. The two coordinated closely throughout the project, and this podcast actually marks the first time in several years since they've connected. Call it a Broad reunion, if you will. Craig Kleiner. Hey, Craig. Hi, Kara. Long time. How are you doing? Yeah, very long time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Surviving. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you can ask for. I feel like that's all of us, right? We're all just trying to survive through this crazy world we live in. So I guess if we could jump right into it, if you wouldn't mind just, you know, maybe giving us your your title and uh, role on the Eli and Edith Broad Art Museum. My name is Craig Kiner. I'm Associate Director here at Zaha Hadid Architects. Um, for the Broad Art Museum, I was Project Director um, with a number of kind of other members of, of the team that were supporting kind of the project architect and the overall team. So if you could, Craig, could you just talk a little bit about, you know, where did the design inspiration come from for, for the Broad? Originally, the design for the Eli and Edith Broad Art Museum was influenced by the landscape and the movement 
around the site, the activity along Grand River Avenue and the routes between the town and the university, the campus that generated a, a network of movement paths and what we defined as kind of visual connections between the two. Conceptually, the building was comprised of these alternating solid and glazed folds that would allow natural light to penetrate all the spaces throughout the building. And those dialogue, that dialogue of these interconnecting kind of geometries described a series of spaces that offered kind of a, what we call an array of adjacencies, which allowed many different interpretations when designing the exhibition, designing the kind of the space, curating the space. But equally, we wanted to create a new gateway and landmark at the northern edge of the campus, which was ended up being a silver foil to both the artistic and academic life of the university. And as a community resource, a shared kind of educational and cultural facility for both the university and for the town of East Lansing. So with this international design competition, you know, your architectural firm is obviously um, located across the pond. What was the coordination yeah. like throughout the duration of this project? In one word, I would say it's fluid. We've delivered projects around the world, and the common language is always a benefit, where we don't have that benefit in some places. But um, the the investigation, I mean, design is an investigation, and it's a process, and it's driven by many things, including kind of our ambition, uh, client's ambition, the pragmatics of construction and engineering, um, the construction schedule or design schedule as long as long or along with the construction schedule, the capability and of course budget. But we had a really good team. We had a great team. And one can't deliver an amazing project without a wonderful team. Can you talk a little bit about the partnership with Barton Mallow and maybe Carrie, you can speak a little bit to this. Um, can you just talk a little bit about how, how that went? Craig, and, and, you know, the collaboration with Barton Mallow just to, you know, again, bring this building to completion? So we worked with, with Barton Mallow from that early stages of design. I think that that process and that relationship with Barton Mallow was, was both professional and, I think, contributory, complementary to, to everyone. I think that you know, there was that respect between all of us and we were all pulling in the same direction. Yeah, I think Craig really hit it on the head. I think our team really is what made the project so successful. I mean, it was all of us working together. Um, it was definitely a challenging project, but because all of us were on the same page and we were able to communicate with each other, despite all the challenges I think we can all look back and look at the relationships that we had and, and think very positively on them. And, and really ultimately that, that is what helped make this project what it was for all of us, I think at the end of the day. So what's the role of the architect, I guess, after finalizing the design, did you stay involved throughout the entirety of the project? Generally in the U S um, and for us, our involvement is from the earliest stages through completion what our involvement at the, on the road was, um, it was continuous. And I think that's both compliments to our client, um, Michigan State, 
and all the kind of the, the construction team. But I just kind of thinking about the, there was one point in the in that procurement of the kind of of the of the contracting kind of elements where there was a there was a presentation event that was held where potential contractors were invited to basically introduce them to the building and understand what the what the uh, ambition was and we joined the event and made it clear to the audience that um, and I think as well, Barton Mallow and, and MSU did as well, um, that the contractors will be challenged by the building, perhaps further than they've ever been done before on some things. Yeah, I agree. I think every package that went on the street, every work scope, it was identified up front to everybody that was going to be part of this project that there was a vision it was going to be pushing the boundaries of materials that, you know, not necessarily have been used in that manner, uh, especially here in the United States. And so everybody that was interested in even participating in this job had to have that understanding up front that this was going to be a very challenging project. And we were looking for those partners that were going to share our vision here at the end of the day. I think that's super interesting. It's like, you know, just presenting that up front and like, hey, either get on board or kind of get out. Did you guys have anybody that said, no, no, thanks. This isn't for me. Do you remember <laughs> that? Or did, did you have anyone that was, you know, maybe even on the opposite end of the spectrum that were like super excited to really kind of test the limits and see, you know, how far they could push the boundaries with some of this design? I think there was both. And I think there was some members that that did walk out but I think they were very few, and that the people that did stay, they, I think they understood either they didn't believe us, right, which could have been the case, <laughs> but they, um, but I think once they, once they kind of understood and tendered and went through the presentation, that they understood what the, you know, the challenges would be, and kind of thought within themselves is it well what are the what are the benefits for us there was definitely a lot of excitement around this project and wanting to be involved in that and to be able to say hey i helped build the broad art museum and i think that ultimately was a big driver for a lot of folks in the contractor uh world to to just want to be a part of it and 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 be there to the end to see what it looks like and and just uh, be part of that kind of vision. Can you talk about, you know, Zaha and maybe her reaction um, to the final product or, or maybe can you speak at all to any of her, you know, emotions or reactions that were taking place during the build? It was a, it was a special building for her. Um, I think for many reasons, a museum was a way, you know, a museum and a gallery is a way to bring kind of culture and art to to the community, to a much wider community. It isn't something that is only for the reserve of kind of the, the privileged, as it were. So to, to build, to create a facility that is both for an academic environment of Michigan State University, as well as a community resource, was one of the kind of the, the best gifts that, um, that we can offer as architects or as designers um, to the community. Well, I just want to say it's 
really good to hear your voice almost 10 years after that. <laughs> it's been a yeah, long no, time. I, I, yeah, no, I, I, um, I kind of second that. It's been, yeah, it's been a long time. And the collaboration was, was, was really good. It was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. And good to hear from you, Kyle. Yes. Take care, Craig. We'll, uh, we'll continue yeah. the chatter through email. <laughs> okay, perfect. Take care, everybody. All right, bye. Thank you. And finally, we want to dedicate this episode of Said Differently to the memory of Eli Brode, Zaha Hadid, and our former Barton Mallow team member, Tim Webster. All three played a significant role in bringing the world-class art museum from concept to end product. And that's all we have for episode three of Said Differently. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and share. We'll catch you back here soon for more of the untold stories from the job site. Said Differently is a Barton Mallow podcast. Visit broadmuseum.msu.edu for additional information and updates on exhibits and events. Admission to the museum is free. Visit ZahaHadid.com for more information on Zaha Hadid Architects and to browse other buildings throughout the world that the company's designed. Visit BartonMallow.com for additional information and to listen to previous episodes of Said Differently. This is Said Differently, a Barton Mallow podcast.